Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the ninth story podcast this is season six episode 13 i'm immortal alexander and i'm Jeanette andromeda we discuss the process and life that is writing with the help of our guest authors and experts our topic today is making time for what you love the process of finding time for our passions today we have on author nelson w piles to help us with this topic Along with being an author, Nelson is also the former host and creator of the Wicked Library podcast. Welcome, Nelson W. Piles, to the Ninth Story podcast. Ah, thank you very much. It's great to be here. Yay! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) I've been wanting to bring you back on the Ninth Story uh, for a while now, but we wanted to wait until your new book came out. So we're definitely going to be talking about that as well as the main topic of the day, which is making time for what you love, which Alexander already said. So Yes, indeed. <laughs> how are you doing today, Nelson? I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm doing really, uh, really good. Today was a very positive. Uh, it's one of those days where you don't think you're going to have a good day, but then you wind up having one. Nice. And uh, <laughs> it was, and you know, shameless plugger that I am, it was all book related stuff. So, Ooh. and I was really looking forward to talking to uh, to you and Alexander today. Yay! So, it was, Yay. so it was a good day. I think so. So, Alex, you have the first question. Yes. Um. So, was wanting to make time for your writing part of why you decided to step away from hosting the Wicked Library podcast? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I did I, I did the Wicked Library for five seasons mm-hmm. and I did it. I, you know, and, and, and you guys know Dan's, you know, work ethic. Mm-hmm. And he was he was doing the same schedule I was doing for for a little while, which was new, new produced show every week. Um, including artwork, music, and all that stuff, with the you know, with the exception that I was doing everything except the artwork, and I was doing it week after week after week after week. And I started what you know, I started watching my writing workload just drop because it's impossible. I mean, the, the, there's a lot of demands on doing, uh, as you guys can attest, there's a lot of demands on your time. Uh, and sometimes even your spirit when you're doing a podcast, especially on a, uh, on a weekly basis. And, you know, I, I just, I, I had to decide, I'm like, okay, well, am I going to be a podcaster or am I going to be a writer? Because I want to be a writer, you know, and I loved doing the podcast and I'm, and I'm glad that I still have some involvement in the wicked library, but I think it was necessary for, for the writing and for my own sanity <laughs> to, <laughs> To let somebody else drive the bus, and I th- and it was also important. Uh, I don't think the show would have developed and grown had I stayed at the helm, because Dan has a lot more in his toolbox, other than just being a, a, a good narrator and a, and a and a great production guy, you know. So I, you know, the show was doing really well, and I'm like, this could the show could do much better. And who am I to kind of stilt it if I stay on, you know, so I wanted, I, you know, that's one of the reasons why I stepped down. But the main reason was I just didn't have any time to, to write anything other than I'm sorry, I'm late on this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you've been able to find some more time to do your writing since you've had some new things come out, which I totally want to talk about right now. So (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about your new book, Spiders and the Daffodils, and just kind of fill oh. people in on it? Because we're totally going to talk about it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, the the new book is called Spiders and the Daffodils with with the uh, the auspicious subtitle of uh, American uh, Horror Western, uh, I think, Volume 1 or Part 1. 
I, I don't have the book in front of me, believe it or not. And I, you, I've spent the past day walking around with a physical copy of the book because I finally got my copy today. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, it's my baby. Um, and it's it, it's essentially a feature length novel, which was suggested uh, ages ago by you. Yeah. You know, on on the the sh- you know on this show when when you and Dan were, uh, I think the last time I was on the show was with you know with you and Dan, and you made fun of me for mispronouncing Nano Nanorimo. <laughs> but <laughs> wow, but, what uh, a dick! That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I never forgot that, Jeanette. It, but uh, <laughs> but. I mean, that was my 2015 uh, NaNoWriMo contribution was the the very rough copy of Spiders and the Daffodils. And it's essentially a horror western. Um, it's pieced together from two previous short stories uh, about these characters, Tom Wall and uh, Veronique. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and here we are. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> So in case um, those of you who are listening would like to uh, potentially read slash buy slash do both of those things to this book, um, we'll have links to it in the in the show notes. Just just saying. You yeah. Should, you should go buy it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really um, both proud of it because I, I needled you about it. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? That's so. That was like the coolest thing ever, though. It's like you know these guys, you know, because I'd already been kind of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But you were like, you were like, you know, this needs a whole book. It did. It um. So there were two short stories that ended up in the book that came from. Well, they didn't come from, but they were in your collected um, anthology, which we talked about in that last episode that you were on, um, which is everything here is a nightmare, and yes, it was. Those two stories that stuck out, there was those characters that were just so vibrant and I was just, they needed a whole book and, you know, now there's a whole book and I'm really glad there is. They're and definitely and, interesting. <laughs> well, thank you. And, and you know, like I was talking to uh, to Gary, who's the, the, you know, the publisher for Burning Ball Publishing. And he absolutely loved the idea that it was a Western and he, and mm-hmm. it was great. I sent him a copy of the book and he ran it through a, uh, a text to speech thing. Ooh. And there's, and there's all these, uh, Southern and, and like Western terminology coming through like a digitized computer voice, which must've been hilarious. <laughs> And, and as soon as he parked the car, literally, as soon as he parked the car, he called me and he's like, Hey, I'm on my way to Georgia. When I get back, I'll send you a contract. Nice. I was like, and I'm like, damn. Oh, okay. I guess you <laughs> like it. And, and Gary's a really cool guy. He's, he's always, uh, he's taken a lot of shots on me. Um, you know, as far as, as writing goes and he's, he has not been disappointed. I don't think he's a really, really, really great guy. And I got to give him a shout out. I'm not being a corporate uh, douche. He's just such a good guy. <laughs> he's such a great guy to work with uh, for, for publishing. And he was totally on board. He was like a series. Yeah. Run at it. Do it. You know, nice. you, we got this. I'm like, all right. I'm also very excited that this is book one. Cause that means there's more. <laughs> oh, Jeanette, you have no idea. So no, excited! <laughs> and I actually, I actually started, uh, I actually started kicking around the second book in my head yesterday and came mm-hmm. up with some cool stuff. Nice. And uh, I, I have to say, since we're all having this mutual love uh, festival at this part of the interview, <laughs> uh, you did the greatest book cover ever for this book. I, I was absolutely out of my mind over the moon on how well the cover came out for this book. And I can't thank you enough. Hey, thank you for asking me. <laughs> it's definitely the coolest thing ever. It's just, I've always wanted to do a book cover and now I did <laughs> one and it actually made it to get published. Cause I've done a couple that haven't actually been published, which is sad, but you know, it happens. Um, so <laughs> thank you for asking me. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. And hopefully you'll, uh, you'll agree to do book, you know, volume two. So absolutely. I'll agree right here. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, hopefully, hopefully, you know, I'm I'm wondering on how quickly I can turn these out. I'm gonna I want I really want to see how how this book does. I mean, it's not, and that's not going to decide whether or not there is a volume two, mm-hmm. but it it might determine how quickly it comes out. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these characters are just so much joy to write. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know, and I I think that's one of the things that I hopefully comes out is just like. I love even the bad characters. I love in this book, <laughs> like the like the the, the villains uh, in the beginning of the story and and later on in the middle of the book. It's just damn. It's just so much fun writing these guys. I can see that. So Nelson, um, what was something that surprised you the most when writing Spiders into Daffodils? Like something that changed, or a character that made a choice that you hadn't initially intended it to. I think one of the characters that that wound up changing uh, a bit was was Josephine, who is the the nine year old daughter of uh, Tom and Veronique. And I was trying to make her, you know, like kind of she's she's without going into a lot of detail. She's kind of a, a hybrid type of little girl. She's a typical nine-year-old girl but she has some extra thrown in shall we say and i think in the early drafts of the story she was very you know she was very girly and i'm like you know i don't know any nine-year-old girls that i well that i like that (laughs) that are this this girly and stuff and i kind of changed her direction into being a a bit more of a tomboy like you know I, i had visions of her if she had like porcelain dolls, which were like nouveau at the time, uh, in the, the latter half of, of the 1800s, I had visions of her, like, you know, trying to make little cowboy hats and put them on there and, you know, play bad guys. Like at the beginning of the, the beginning of, uh, the second half of the book, you know, she's playing Texas Rangers with her dad and she's like, like sne- stalking him around a barn, trying to sneak up on him and stuff, you know? <laughs> You know, and she doesn't lose any of of her girlness, shall we say? But I mean, she's very much definitely, uh, you know, not. I guess what would be a girl or girl? Because I don't really know loads of people like that. I mean, I was, you know, you know, I my mom was a woman that helped, and uh, <laughs> you know, mom and, and my sister had moments of like, like, oh, I want to be a dainty princess right after she'd kick my ass so you know and i i didn't want to i I didn't want to do another thing is i didn't want to do a lot of western cliches and i found that i did uh less cliche versions of those cliches (laughs) i don't know if that makes any sense it does (laughs) you know like the um you know i did i did quite a bit of research on the texas rangers for for one particular section of the book because it you know i wanted to kind of get more into the head of these guys and you know you know there was a lot more of a, a pervasive sense of justice with some of the characters than i had originally intended them to have and it was kind of surprising to see them kind of rise up to a bad situation and that was kind of cool if that so, makes any sense it at all. It makes perfect sense. Uh, it sounds like they kind of took a life of their own for a while there. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, Dan and I have uh, at least discussed this uh, in, in, you know, in, in, in private and on the mic about your characters taking the life. And, and our good pal John Towers is like, I don't know what you guys are talking about, you know, taking on a life of its own. And it's not like it's a, you know, I don't think it's like a magic kind of thing or something supernatural. I think it's just, you know, it's not the characters taking over. It's like, you know, these characters and they wind up going <laughs> in directions that you, you know, you, you're taught, you're, you're their mouthpiece. Yeah. And, and their voice starts to become clear the more you write about them and they just kind of present themselves to you and you just have to transcribe it. So was there anything that came easier to you when writing this book as opposed to your last novels? Well, lo- novel. How many have you had out now? I, I've uh, lost track. This, this is the second one. This okay. is the second novel, but it's the you know it's the third one with just my name on the cover. So that's kind of cool. That is really cool. <laughs> uh, this one, this one, 
you know, as you know, everything that you write, whether it's a short story uh, or or a novel or what have you, you always learn from the one you did before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was a lot of short stories written before Demons, Dolls and Milkshakes. There was a lot more written after that. And when working on this book, um, it, it seemed to to connect better. You know, I mean, I wrote the you know, I wrote 90 percent of the book uh, in a month. Mm-hmm. And then I, and and then I sat on it and I just started, you know, going through it s- slowly rewriting it. I mean, I think you read a very, very, very brutally rough version of it. <laughs> and, you know, and, and which, which was a good thing to do. I mean, you need to have, you know, there needs to be a, a soccer coach to kick you back in a line. It's like, okay, this is, I, I think what was the, the, the one criticism that you had, was that uh, some parts of it were unbelievable and it had nothing to do with any of the monsters <laughs> or the supernatural <laughs> stuff. That's like this relationship is completely unbelievable. Yeah, it was and, the uh, the main couple. They were just way too nice to each other. I'm like, there's got to be some tension. <laughs> and there was, and, and, and there there is tension. Well, there is now. Yeah, there is. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, and that was, a, that was a valid point. You know, I mean, it's kind of... You know, good writing is rewriting, mm-hmm. and you know, and you know, I had the whole dirty laundry bag of that when I got done writing the bulk of it, and it was good to just kind of go back and forth to it, and oh, I, this might fit in better here, and I think I had uh, the uh, the the original version starts like where the middle of the story is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was the introduction, like the second chapter was the introduction of the the main villain in the book, Trask. And I bumped that to the front instead of like waiting to see him. I'm like, well, maybe we should meet him right off the bat. And, you know, little tweaks and stuff like that, you know, rearranging the entire time. I mean, like you read the original thing. Mm-hmm. I disrupted the entire timeline of the whole book and said, okay, we're going back all the way here in another country. And then we're going to put everything in a chronological order. And I think that helped did, did eons better to, uh, to follow the story and to make it nicer. I, Cause I, I, I came to hate flashbacks after <laughs> writing demons, dolls and milkshakes. So, <laughs> so I definitely learned that was uh, definitely learned that one. That was a good one to learn. Was there anything that felt more difficult this time around? It's 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 really kind of hard to say because you know this was something you know you know I loved the characters. They this is the first time I had written uh, a, a novel length anything with the characters already fleshed out in my head. Like mm-hmm. you know part of the part of the reason that Demons, Dolls, and Milkshakes took as long to write as it did was I was really kind of just you know literally making it up as I went along and then, and then I would just go back and streamline and take out Tom and uh, Veronique were completely fleshed out in my head. And all I had to do was just, okay, well, this is their situation now. What would they do? And just kind of let them go. And they, they did not disappoint. (laughs) You know, it's, you know, second, second book, like third book ought to be a piece of cake, (laughs) theoretically a piece of cake. It probably won't be, but uh, <laughs> well, when you finish it, we will bring you a piece of cake. Well, yay! I love cake. <laughs> cake is awesome. <laughs> cake is Can awesome. I, cake is awesome. I think that maybe that'll be, you know, the the, the demons doesn't milkshakes. Like the, maybe the third book will be just like cake is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure not to get sand on your cake. Exactly. <laughs> Never get sand on your cake. Yep. <laughs> I feel like that would be a great title for a demon dolls and milkshakes. <laughs> it's just the cake is awesome. Cake is awesome. <laughs> Buy this book. It's going to fuck you up. <laughs> Actually writing that down. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so we all have very busy schedules. And uh, before you left the Wicked Library, you had a super jam packed schedule. Um, but even without that, I imagine life has thrown its own needs at you. So how have you been making time for writing? Well, that's a, that's an excellent question. <laughs> and it's, and it's, it writing is, I'm, I'm one of the more undisciplined people, um, that I know, you 
you know, I, I know, I know a lot of writers, which is, you know, and I'm very fortunate to, to know the amount of writers that I have and from, uh, the wicked library and from various publishing houses and stuff like, and we all, you know, we all get on and everyone's their own unique individual on, on how they do things. And like the top of the food chain on discipline for, for writing, I think is Jessica McHugh because mm-hmm. she's, she's, she's working on, on a million things at once She's paying attention to all of them. She's getting it done. She's holding it down. She's bringing notebooks with her, uh, you know, doing tours and stuff. And she's writing sections of books. I mean, I've seen her do it. <laughs> and she's got a stack of she's got a stack of notebooks in a bag, and she runs out of gas on one. She grabs another one, starts working on another story. Me, I'm you know I I get up my my biggest contribution to to discipline is waking up at like four o'clock in the morning every day. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, like it's kind of like the, the, the workout mentality. If you can get out of bed and into the gym, you can work out. Well, if I can get out of bed get a cup of coffee in front of me and fire up the lappy, I can start putting words to paper. It's theoretically speaking. <laughs> um, and you know, you get into a pattern of that. Like I got into that pattern when I was writing Demons, Dolls, and Milkshakes, and I have not been able to shake it. If if you leave me in the woods to fall asleep under, like, you know, on a nice fluffy bed of hay, no alarm clock, and, you know, but the sun will come up and poke you gently in the eyes. I'm still waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning, regardless <laughs> if the sun's up or not. You know, and it's and it's it's kind of cool. Because I've got an internal, I've trained myself to have an internal alarm clock, but it sucks when I'm not writing, working on anything and I don't have to get up. I'm still getting up at four o'clock in the morning. Um, That's must be the know, most creative time of uh, the day, I believe. Something about that. I only see it if I stay up that long. <laughs> <laughs> and and you're fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but I mean, it's, you, you know, I mean, I, I've gotten to the point now, though, where, I mean, anytime you have an opportunity to do it, you should do it, you know? So I've, a lot of the uh, uh, the last rewrites for Spiders and the Daffodils, I was doing uh, while my kids were watching TV, you know, in the living room on a Saturday night and they're watching some bombastic film and I'm, and I got the, you know, and I'm on a little desk in the corner on the, on my computer clacking away, you know, and in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm like, this would be so much easier if you guys were watching a Western right now, <laughs> you know, wasn't watching like anime or something, you know, or something funny on Disney or something. So, you know, it's just like, you know, it, it it's a very, uh, you kind of have to really want it. And if you want it bad enough, you will make the time for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to have your priorities in check though. I mean, you know, I, I got, I got a wife and kids, you know, so the work has to wait sometimes and it might be internally frustrating, but in the long run, everybody else winds up a little happier, you know, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you should, you know, the, if the worst thing in the world is that your family wants to intentionally hang out with you. Okay. I can wait. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I came from a really, really lousy upbringing. So nobody wanted to fucking hang out with me. My imaginary (laughs) friends would hang out with somebody else (laughs) rather than to hang out with me. So, you know, I, and I, (laughs) and you know, I mean, and I'm, I'm very fortunate to have that. I mean, there are worse things to have Mm -hmm. than, Oh, your kids want to spend time with you, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I will default to that every time, you know, and inside I may be going, well, I guess you're going to bed at two, you know, (laughs) or I guess you're getting up at three 30 tomorrow morning. And it's, and it's absolutely fine because, you know, you know, once you get your, you know, your work out there into the world, you know, that's, that's worth, you know, that's worth everything. And it's, it's also fun to share it with, with, you know, with your family and stuff like that. But, you know, it's, it's definitely, you kind of got to knuckle down. If you really want it, you'll make the time. And speaking of Jessica McHugh, we're actually interviewing her next week. 
Yay. Well, tell Jessica. I said, hello. I love Jessica. She's, she's one of my favoritest people on the planet. <laughs> and, and I, and I, and I don't get to talk to her very often, but it's always such a good exchange. I, I love, uh, you know, I, I love seeing just the, the, the sheer amount of output. She, and it, she really is, you know, you know, not to give her an inflated ego, but she really is inspiring. And I drop her name every chance I get when someone's like, I'm looking for someone new to read. And I usually first name that pops out is Jess. Cause she's just fucking great. You know, <laughs> uh, at the risk of being redundant, uh, what has been the biggest challenge in finding time to be creative as opposed uh, to just writing? <laughs> Uh, to just creative in general. Um, well, realistically, you can be you can be creative anywhere. You know, you just have to. You know, I mean, if your if your creativity is writing uh, orchestral pieces for the Vuvuzela, for example, the bus is probably not the place to uh, to strike your chord. However, <laughs> and I, I I say that because I'm looking at a Vuvuzela right now. Nice. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's always the challenge, but if it's worth it, you know, you make it work, you know, the, the challenge for, I mean, I'm fortunate in, in my writing, I can do that anywhere. You know, I, I don't need the laptop. I prefer the laptop, mm-hmm. um, but I don't need it. I could bring a notebook. Jess writes everything out by hand, you know, and then she goes back, which is it's like, you know, why don't you just, you know, Jessica, if she didn't have fucking hands, she would just be writing with her feet <laughs> on notebook. It's like, well, you could get that done a lot faster, you know, if you dictated it and she would tell you to go piss off because she'd be sitting <laughs> in a bar with her feet up writing stuff down in a notebook, you know. Mm-hmm. Or a cocktail you napkin. Know, or yeah. a cocktail napkin or, or nearly anything. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, like there's challenges to, to, to everything. It's just how bad do you want to rise up and meet it? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe her perspective is if it's not painful, uh, it's not art. Oh, we'll have to ask her that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she would give that answer though. I could be wrong. I have to excruciatingly I go and, and, and retype every single thing I wrote with my handwriting and hopefully I didn't spill, spill any wine on it or anything like that. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. When I need to really think a story through, I find longhand writing it out helps me actually think it out better. Mm-hmm. And then as I'm transcribing it, I usually get like another page and a half from what I scribbled by hand. Yeah. Um, because there's new thoughts that pop in and then it just like naturally starts to get edited as it goes. So I can understand her drive to write everything down. Yeah, I mean, well, that's you know, and I I would always imagine like you know that's what she that's where she learned, you know. I mean, you know, I I used to write longhand too, and I hated it, and then I got a typewriter, like in, you know, not even like this is before you know the interwebs and everybody had their own computer. I had a really beat up old, uh, cast iron typewriter, and I wish I still had it. Oh. <laughs> I really do, and I loved banging on that thing. You know, it was it, it was a lot of great. So the you know, the keyboard kind of keeps that for me. I hate, I kind of hate writing on the laptop now because the keys don't react like a, you know, like a, like a typewriter. So, I you can know, understand I, that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like writing is it's work, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's very tactile. It's physically demanding. If you're doing it for more than half an hour, <laughs> you know, you're like, Oh, you get up, you walk around, you got to hit it, you know, punch the keys a little more later on. So, so yeah. speaking of the uh, getting up and walking around, uh, sometimes we do just need a break to clear our heads when things aren't working in our stories. So when you hit a brick wall in your writing, um, what do you do to clear your head? What do you do to kind of refresh yourself? Well, I mean, it, any number of things. Like, I'll give it a couple minutes. Like, if something doesn't jump out at me, I'll sit and ponder it for a little bit. Uh, I'll go outside, take a take a little walk. I'll you know, sometimes I do, uh, a, a trick, not a trick. It's just like, you know, sometimes you want to occupy the monkey part of your brain and nine times out of 10, I'm writing in, uh, absolute silence. Although I'm, I'm learning to get, I'm getting better with, uh, operating 
while there's other things going on in the room with me. Like I said earlier, like the kids are watching TV. If I'm by myself, I don't have any anything electronic on other than you know the computer. But I'll turn the TV on uh, sometimes if I get stuck just so the monkey part of my brain is distracted by whatever's going on on TV. And then I'm like, oh, OK, I can I can power through this and just get back to work on it. I used to do that a lot when I was songwriting uh, to a certain degree. I would sit there with a guitar and I'd watch soap operas. Nice. <laughs> That's just so in, funny, you know, soap operas. Soap operas, yeah. I, uh, the the ABC ones in particular, like, you know, I was in college and, you know, bored. I'm like, get the guitar out, put on, uh, you know, all my children, get one life to live in there, get General Hospital. And I was done songwriting for the day. So That's awesome. I definitely, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like for me, I still need absolute silence when I'm writing. The most I've been able to add is like some non-lyrical music I can add as long as it's all kind of, it's as long as it's all instrumental I'm okay whether it's dubstep or or like epic video game orchestrations I love those by the way those are great oh, writing are, music oh, they're, they're, yeah they are <laughs> um but yeah it I sometimes you do you just need something for the I like the monkey side of your brain. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. It explains why like podcasts are such an addiction to me because <laughs> it keeps that part of my brain busy while I do artwork. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't get bored with it. <laughs> <laughs> and I just found on Amazon a, a typewriter keyboard. So there you go. Oh, nice. Yay. <laughs> you can even get it backlit with like crazy colors. They're pretty cool. I, I saw a thing a while ago, which was an actual... Uh, typewriter which somebody had added electronics inside of and you could take your ipad and stick it on top of the typewriter and then type away that's awesome oh that's fantastic yeah that, that looks so, pretty cool <laughs> so if loads of people buy spiders and daffodils i can invest in one of these things and yeah. my output will, my, and my output will be mighty exactly yeah it will because <laughs> <laughs> just just the the keyboard was like uh, sixty bucks. There's, well, there's one that's. That, what is that thing? There's one that actually looks like a, a typewriter that's a, oh, that someone has for like they made custom, I guess, for like a thousand dollars. Then there's ones that are just have the the right height and shape to the keys that are like you know sixty to eighty bucks. The so. backlit ones are cheaper. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they are. Like, I go for that just ooh, to break it up. My yeah. God thousand dollars that's custom that's because it's Whew. the it's the aesthetics of it oh i get it i get it i Telling buy you. things i pay more for pretty but good Damn. lord <laughs> holy cow yeah speaking of exciting <laughs> nelson <laughs> <laughs> never used in the same sentence by the way nelson and exciting hey you know <laughs> well there was a period in between so maybe there's a, a, there was a there was a pause for dramatic effect <laughs> so what draws you to writing what excites you nelson what excites me hmm i wanted to start quoting a julie andrews song uh, <laughs> but no um right writing is exciting to me you know you know few things really kind of like turn away i'm i'm an extroverted introvert um you know, which means I come off being like, hey, he sounds like a pretty cool guy. And realistically, I want to go in my basement and hide and, you know, keep the lights down low and just kind of keep to myself. So it's 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 a double edged sword. So exciting to me. I'm, for 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 somebody who does uh, a lot of kind of cool stuff, I don't do a lot of exciting things. I get excited about really unexciting things like, you know, I have uh, there's like about an hour and a half. Or that I'm going to have completely to myself on Saturday. And I'm absolutely excited about it. No one's going to be in the house. I'm like going, I could get so much work done. <laughs> Where other people would be like, oh, I can go ahead and watch this. And like, that's very nice. But, you know, I'm excited to get to work. I'm excited to do, you know, do the do. I, I, I like writing. I like recording. Uh, I'm working on the Wicked Library Chris Massacre episode this year. Yay! <laughs> which, which is cool. And and it, it was kind of, you know, Dan was like, you want to do it this year? I'm like, can, can, can I? 
He's like, yeah, yeah. You know, pick the stories, narrate it and stuff. We'll, you know, we'll get it scored and put it together and it'll be cool. I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> and I haven't done in, uh, like a, a single, you know, top to bottom Wicked Library since uh, the last episode of season five. So it'll be kind of cool. It'll be a nice refresher why I don't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, excited. I... You know, I love talking to my kids. That excites me when when they have a good day. Um, I love hearing stuff because both of my kids are really creative. Uh, they're really smart. They're really funny, and you know, I you know that is exciting to you know to come home and see those guys. And uh, yeah, it's it's you know it's it's like kind of boring old man stuff, really. That excites <laughs> me, Alexander. I don't. It's all right. Uh, we're all getting old, and it's fine. I, I, I definitely think I don't know. There, there's a whole world of different types of writers, but in my head, there's still the happy to be a grumpy old man type of writer. <laughs> and I want to be one. <laughs> Jeanette was actually just saying the other day, it was like, um, "I'm becoming an adult," and then she paused, and then she said, "That sucks." It really does. <laughs> it does. And then I decided, nah, I may be an adult, but I'm never growing up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you just be careful. I was sitting on my porch like a week ago. Yeah. Number number one an indicator that you're getting older is that you're sitting on your porch. <laughs> and I was sitting on the porch by myself, and a car that I didn't recognize drove by. Yeah. And my first and my first thought was like, who the hell is this coming down my street? <laughs> it's like, oh my god, I'm my grandfather. I'm I'm surprised I didn't pick up a rock and throw it at the car. Like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> As long as you're not shaking a stick at the neighborhood kids, you're fine. No, not a stick. I shake my fist at them sometimes. See, <laughs> he hasn't quite upgraded to stick level yet. <laughs> my, my grandfather used to, his go-to word was, uh, was God damn it. So he would sit on the porch and shake his fist and go, God damn it. <laughs> so like, I think, I think my destiny is unfolding a lot sooner than I thought it would. Oh, no. <laughs> Hours of amusement for the neighborhood kids. God oh. damn it! <laughs> well, I was the neighborhood kids. We lived yeah. on a street. We we lived on a street uh, growing up. Like I was the youngest person on the entire street. The <sighs> next one, the next young, like the next one up was my sister, and that was it. The rest of them were all like friends of my grandparents. Oh wow! <laughs> so like, you know, I'd be sitting on a porch hanging with my grandfather, and he's like saying he's like the mayor. He's like, hey, Baldy, you know, some guy walking past the house. <laughs> like, what's his name? He's like, I don't know. Dude, he's just calling him Baldy because he was a dick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so speaking of your childhood, Nelson, let's dig a little deeper. Um, when did you first get into writing? When did you really start to discover that this was what you enjoyed? I'm going to... Uh, I think even before I learned the alphabet, because we had a we had a rather decent sized bookcase with a lot of books, and I'm like, oh, what are these? <sighs> and you know, they're like, oh, these are books. I'm like, well, what's in them? And it's like, oh, those are stories in there. I'm like, I like stories, and yeah. I would and and I wanted to learn how to read as quickly as possible because I wanted to start tackling reading. I'm like, well, I want stories, <laughs> and. By the time I was in uh, third grade, I was already, you know, like I discovered the the dark section of our school library. So I was taking home like uh, Edward, what was it, uh, a house with a clock in its walls and The Hobbit, and I just devoured everything. And I'm like, I think that'd be a pretty good job. Nice. <laughs> I would I would like to do that. And I started noodling, noodling around with it. And I uh, my uh, I dedicated the book, uh, the the new one to my aunt, uh, who's who's still very much alive, and she she used to call me professor because I was always, <laughs> I was always like trying to scam somebody to get me more books, <laughs> like from from the time I was a little kid, like okay, hey uh, that looks like a cool book, can can, can I get that? They're like no, and she would take <laughs> she would take me to like, uh flea markets and stuff in Jersey and you could get like a box of paperback books for a buck and you walk out of there and you know they weren't all cool but a lot of them were you know like you know for every 
you know, filthy romance novel, <laughs> you know, that was here today, gone later today. There was a copy of, you know, uh, Carrie or Salem's lot with the cover torn off. Nice. And, you know, you could just, you know, that was like, okay, well, this will hold me for a month. When are we going back to this flea market? <laughs> you know? And she would, you know, she would always read the stuff that I'd write. And if she didn't like it, she used to be a nun of all things. And, she, you know, she wasn't down with the spooky like I was. But, you know, she's like, you're going to, you know, you're going to do this one day, professor. I think you're going to do really well. And which is a really important thing to tell a little kid. Um, and, and what, I think what made it more important was because it wasn't, you know, my folks or anyone that I saw on a constant basis. It was my favorite aunt that, you know, we saw her like in the summertime or on holidays and stuff. And she'd always have books and stuff for me. And she was just like, yo, yeah, go read, you know? <laughs> so I, I think from a really early age, I mean, and it was interrupted with other things as well, you know, like in second grade, I wanted to be in kiss <laughs> In third grade, I wanted to be a writer, mm -hmm. um, and it just it would vacillate back and forth. But the the writing was always always there. And I think any kind of encouragement uh, people can give you when you're when you're doing things that you enjoy, uh, especially for anybody younger, is just it, it validates that they're on the right track, that they're good at it. And if absolutely, you, if you don't tell somebody that they're good at it or validate it. Um, you know, they're kind of left their, left to their own devices. Like it took me a long time to want to get into film until like eventually got into doing filmmaking, which I'm, I'm no longer doing, but I'm still telling stories in some capacity or another uh, through writing. But if I had gotten some encouragement with that, I would have, I would have taken that up a lot earlier. Absolutely. It's, it's so important to do that because, you know, if, if left, when you're left to your own devices, a lot of times, and you know, let's, let's get dark for a moment. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, a lot of the motivation that I had, and I was, I, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine in the UK about this recently, you know, you know, she's trying to find her motivation to do stuff. And a lot of my motivation really came and to some degree comes from spite of being told you can't do that. Well, you're not going to do that. You're not, you know, what are you, Stephen King? You can't do that. And which is, you know, like it produces the exact opposite reaction of mm -hmm. what they're going for, which is like, well, why don't you hold this and watch me, you know? <laughs> and, you know, and I've, and I've got, I've lightened up over the years cause it was really bad for a while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like, hey, that song is really good. Yeah, F you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> You're damn right. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, it's so important to in encourage people, especially at a young age. Like, I mean, I would never, you know, I, I'm honest with my kids. They're like, what do you think of this? And it's never unkind criticism. Uh, our friend John Towers, I'll bring him up again. John will come over because my oldest daughter is an artist. Mm -hmm. John will come over and they'll do art jams together. Nice. Like the, like he'll bring his art supplies and he's like, all right, let's sit down. Here's what we're going to draw. And he'll, and the two of them will just go at it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's nigh adorable to watch, <laughs> you know, you know, watch John, you've met John. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, and, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's so cool to, to, to see that kind of stuff. You didn't get that shit in seventies in my neighborhood, you know, That's you know, so, so it's, amazing. it's, it's very, very important to encourage. I'd encourage you more, Alexander. I think oh, you're thank awesome. You. Thank Aww. you. You're awesome. <laughs> um, so Nelson, what do you use to inspire yourself when your writing isn't going the way you want it to? Um, I, 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 I try to write something else. I'll, I will do something else. I mean, there's always something else going on. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of irons in the fire. So if I run out of steam or, uh, enthusiasm for one thing I'm working on, I'll just pull something else up. Uh, a big cushion for me during the, uh, the last push for spiders and daffodils is the sequel to demon styles and milkshakes. So, you know, like, okay, I don't know if this part's going to work out. 
let me go work on something else. And I'd work on lyrics for Novus or I'd start working on uh, the sequel or another short story entirely. You know, so, I mean, you know, it, the key is to just keep working on something instead of like, uh, you know, stomping the brakes mm-hmm. or, you know, feigning fainting because, oh, you know, I'm having writer's block and I'm I'm not one. I don't I don't discount writer's block, but I don't believe in it mostly for myself. And I know McHugh's with me on that one. Um, you know, you know, I, I just don't think that, you know, it's, I've always looked, you know, I love writing, but I always look at it as it's a job. It's, you know, it's work and, you know, you kind of have to be able to make the work last. It's like, okay, well, this isn't working out, but let's work on this thing over here. I mean, you know, something is always in motion so work can get put out, you know, I mean, that was a big, you know, one of the big hindrances the big main hindrance of trying to write while doing the wicked library is the wicked library is a greedy, hungry child. <laughs> and, and, and you always have to feed it and be tending to it. Uh, I give Dan all the credit in the world cause he's mm-hmm. doing that with, with the wicked library and the left, Yeah, you know, and the eight, nine, you know, thousand other podcasts that he's executive producing <laughs> or, He's like, you always exaggerate that. I'm like, yeah, I do. But it's not too far from not the by truth. Much. Yeah. Not by much. <laughs> so actually, I am since you've talked about writing on your laptop and writing in the living room and writing in general, I'm curious, do you prefer to write at home or to go out somewhere and write? Or what's what's your preferred method? Well, I mean, as I said before, I'm shockingly boring. <laughs> and I... Uh, I, I prefer my my space. I like uh, I like writing at home. I like there's a really I have, I'm I'm doing I'm talking to you guys from from the office mm-hmm. in the house and I never write here. I do pod I do like recording in here. I don't write in here. It is very rare that I come up here to write. I will write. Uh, I write in, in this really shitty table that I used to have when I when I was a bachelor. And, uh, it's, it's like, it has like an, I ironed a shirt on it like 15, 16 years ago and there's still a scorch mark on the table (laughs) and I set the laptop on there. It's very uncomfortable. I sit in a pretty uncomfortable chair and I just go for it. And that's my preferred place of writing. I've tried, I've tried doing the coffee house writing thing Mm -hmm. and I, I talked about how because you know, I was, you know, I always thought it looked pretentious, and I'm not saying that it is pretentious, but that's what it looked like. Because I knew enough people that just did it, so it looked like they were cool. Because they were trying to pick up, they were trying to pick people up, you know. And I'll, I'll even admit it was mostly guys doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, I won't say his name. I don't really speak to him uh, very much at all. But he would go to this coffee shop in in town. You know, he had the. Uh, you know, the suave hair going and uh-huh. stuff. And, and he would be like, he would like say exasperated, like, Oh, you know, finding the words for this character is just so difficult. <laughs> and there's nothing but attractive women sitting at the bar drinking coffee. And I, I'm happy to say that it never worked for the guy. <laughs> and, and he invited me, like I, I, I co-wrote something with him and which has turned me off of co-writing for a little bit still. Oh, no. And, uh, and he was, you know, he's loudly talking about this project and I'm like, you're just trying to get laid. Can we get to work, please? <laughs> it's like, I got shit to do, man. What are you, what are you doing? It's like, hey, can my, my friend and I are, are working on a, on a script. Can we get two coffees? I'm like, wow. <laughs> so that soured me off of writing in public because, cause I, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things I'm pretentious about, but I don't want to be pretentious about that. You know, I'm. <laughs> You know, I'm trying to get some work done. And if there's like a lot of really, you know, attractive people and stuff, I may be tempted to look at them and not get the work done. So I'll look at, the, you know, like my, my view while I'm writing is a, a fucking wall. Okay. And, and that works for me. It's like, okay, well, I, it's a boring wall. I guess I'll have to picture something beautiful or terrifying and write about that. 
you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a big proponent of the imagination, but you know, I mean, you know, the, the writing while the kids are watching TV and stuff, I'm like, I'm kind of ramping up to be able to write anywhere. So, you know, when something breaks down, I can just get to work. Like, well, I'm bored. Time to start writing. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. I, um, who were we talking? Was it Libby Hawker yeah, that we Libby, were talking? Libby Hawker that she doesn't. She, she she canceled all of her uh, cable and everything in order to not allow herself to be en- to be entertained, be entertained by, by anything. anything she's just like, <laughs> oh, well, I guess if I have no entertainment, I have to create it myself. And she's written like I think something like like thirty six books in like four years or something like that. Crazy amount. Wow. Yeah. Holy yeah. Shit. Wow. And uh, this this NaNoWriMo, I've I've taken that advice and I'm just like, okay, well tonight I would rather read, but I I can't open this book. I just have to write, and it's helped a lot by just saying, nope, yeah, I can't watch that thing. Although YouTube <laughs> and I are way too good of friends right now, I spend oh. way too much time watching YouTube. Um, but I have managed to get a lot of writing done too, which has been nice. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's good. That's good. I mean, Nana, Nana, uh, Nana is, is good for a whole lot of things. And I don't, it, it's not something that I would necessarily do again, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you want to, you know, you want to sharpen your discipline, man, do that. Oh yeah. Like if, if I ever start slacking again, I'm like, well, looks like November I'm, uh, I'm punishing the keyboard and I'm really <laughs> And I'm really glad that I did it. And I've I've tried to do it again. I was gonna do it like let's do it with a sequel for Demon's Thousand awesome Milkshake. So <laughs> you know, and that particular demon's like, nah, not this time. <laughs> like, okay. So I'll take I didn't my even... time with you. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, master. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Yeah, I uh I've I've gotten my word count up there, but uh, it's just uh, like at least fifty percent of it is complete garbage. <laughs> I don't think so, Alex. You I don't know. I've added it's... like journal right. entries into it. Like I don't know what to write today, so I'm just writing about not knowing what to write. Do 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 do. So this adds to my word. She starts count. having like these arguments with her characters. <laughs> I have. I've had. And then arguments. they're like they're like fucking with each other. You know, like like. She'll mess with the the characters, and then the characters try to mess with her, and then she just, you know, wreaks her wrath on them. <laughs> it's and, really amusing. And you know what? I like it. It's weird, but it's Jeanette. I read it, and I'm like, this feels like Jeanette. I like this. <laughs> I, it That's was at, I think it was the fifteen thousand word point where they started to do shit like that to me, and I was like, this is great. Keep arguing. <laughs> <laughs> That's you should just release the arguments I might actually because they literally just I do something horrible to them and then they look up at just from the up at the screen and they're like what are you doing like, this is nonsense oh my God, <laughs> like, I would do, <laughs> do, like, do you do that frequently with your work <laughs> I don't know <laughs> this one this particular one uh, my characters have been very meta <laughs> <laughs> just like stop being bored like it's not our fault that this is boring <laughs> and then i time warp them and then it just makes them throw up it's like here's a flashback oh god not another flashback oh my god you know what the, the potential for that though like you know can you imagine like i got my copy of jeanette yells at her book <laughs> and it's yeah That'd be fantastic. Oh my god, that's fantastic. I know. <laughs> I keep telling her it's good. Like it's really weird and, and out there and good and it's just silly. And I'm like, I don't know. I know understand like she wants to have some sort of a linear story, but it's I like this happening. I like this one much better. Oh my god, I like, that's fantastic. That'd be great. I, I love it when you're reading something and it just like like okay, hey. Derails. You know, no, it just derails. There was a there's a great book. Um, it's, it's a completely, it's going to sound like it's going off subject, but it's not, it's a, it's Penn and Teller's cruel tricks for dear friends. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you find a copy of this book, get the book. Okay. Mm-hmm. There the original book came packaged with, with uh, a thing that it's like, you know, read this immediately. And it said, go to this page immediately and then throw this piece of paper away. <laughs> so it, it, it's a page in the middle of this book and the book is trick. It, it's a trick book. So if you fold, you know, if you fan the pages one way, you'll see a specific set of uh, pages. If you do it the other way, you'll see a different set of pages. Okay, Whoa. it's really, it's really wacky, and 
you go to the you go to the page in a book and it says it's like it it tells you like this is a trick book if anyone grabs this book that hasn't read this page in particular they're not going to know what the fuck is up with this book <laughs> it's like you know this book is designed to trick all of your friends including the ones that aren't weren't with you when you bought this book you know it's like the book itself is a conspiracy it's like that's awesome the fun version of the Necronomicon, you nice. know? <laughs> nice. That's awesome. You know, so, you know, and it, it totally breaks the, you know, the, the little fourth wall of the book. It, you know, wasn't, you know, it wasn't autobiographical by any means. Stuff like, so I kind of, I'm really into the idea of, of, of your characters arguing with you while you're writing the book. <laughs> like this, the potential is astronomical, Jeanette. <laughs> Well, it's been entertaining me, that's for sure. I'm just like, I wonder what they're going to do today. Oh, they're going to fall down a hole and find an abandoned circus. Why not? <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, you know what would be great? Like halfway through the book for, for like 30 pages, it becomes a pop-up book for no reason at all. <laughs> yep. That would be so it, great. <laughs> it is very Alice in Wonderland, which is what I like well, about it. Well, that was part of the initial yeah. Yeah. seed of the concept. Where yeah. it, I mean, it's it's literally called Nowhere because it's full of nonsense. Um so <laughs> I was well, just kind of going with it. Call it Cake is Awesome. Cake is Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Read this book. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. So, Nelson. Yes. I love that. We did that with uh, uh, um, Lane Lloyd. Lane Lloyd, yeah. <laughs> For whatever reason, when we interviewed Lane, all we could do was, because uh, uh, we just went on so many tangents. And we were, we're, all three of us were exhausted. We were just we exhausted so. and laughing too much, much like this interview. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but every time we started a question, it was so Lane, and then he would answer, yes. Yes. <laughs> it was the best. I love it. <laughs> I had to cut like 90% of them out because there were so many of them. It was just like, distracting. <laughs> <laughs> so what things other than writing uh have you made time for now that you have a little more time to yourself well uh little little things i mean we got to uh, my friend uh my good friend anthony rosick and i or tony as he's known um <laughs> we managed to release an ep for our recording group uh novice uh, around the middle of the year uh that was kind of cool um, I, I'm in a documentary, guys. What? Nice. What I'm documentary? Docu uh, it is called Facets of Fear, um, and it was, uh, it was a, it was a UK uh, production. Uh, my, my, my friend Rona Walter is a really talented uh, writer herself. She's a filmmaker, and I was talking to her, and she's, and she's like, you know, I, I need to get uh, some more people for for this documentary on fear that I'm doing, would you be interested in being one of the participants? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. who the hell wouldn't, you know, I mean, that's kind of cool. And she said, I just, I need a doctor. And I'm like, my neighbors, what kind of doctor do you need? She's like, I need like a psychiatrist or a psychotherapist. I'm like my neighbor across the street. She's a psychotherapist. <laughs> and like, and her wife, she did filmmaking in school. So like we all like piled into to to my neighbor Beth's house and like her her wife Camelia filmed this and we sent it off to Rona and it's it it's uh, been released on the YouTube. Uh, Ooh. And uh, I get to announce this here. Uh, Rona Rona runs a film company called uh, Loopy Gloomy. Nice. Which <laughs> is a great name, and their logo is is adorable. It's great. Um, they're taking one of my short stories from Everything Here is a Nightmare, and they're making a short film uh, out of it. Oh, that's so cool. That is amazing. And it, it's been going very well. It's going very quickly. It's like, you know, like uh, I didn't get any of the full details, but they got good news from London, and I guess that means uh, they got funding. So funding is fun. Awesome. But uh, uh, if – you know, it's the uh, the story. The moon sees you. That is the story they have chosen to uh, turn into a film. That's going to be really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it will. So uh, that's you know, making time for stuff like that. That's stuff that uh, just kind of you know, I'm fortunate enough to have have happen. But you know. 
I, I try to make time for like I got the the, the Wicked Library thing uh, coming up. I wrote the Christmas episode for the Lift this year, mm-hmm. which uh, which I just finished recording. I sent it off to Dan, and and uh, it's it's going to be a good one. I th- I, th- I think folks folks will dig this one. It's another Victoria Librarian team up. Nice. <laughs> and I'm trying That's not awesome. to beat that. I'm trying not to beat that horse to death because, you know, I mean, there's really not, a, you know, I, it, it gets trite after a while, <laughs> like, you know, like I don't want to beat it to death, but you know, the two, the two characters are really fun together. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Um, I just, at, at this point, you know, I'm learning to say, you know, I used to say yes to everything and then I was saying no, and now I'm saying yes again. So, (laughs) you know, I'm, I'm just trying to use my time wisely and I'm also, you know, wisely trying to spend more of it with, uh, you know, with, with my family. Yeah. As much as I can, especially the daughters, you know, I mean, they're, they're getting up there and there's eventually, there's eventually going to be the, you know, the F you dad phase. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> and it's coming. I got two daughters. It's that's definitely on its way. You know, like, I mean, Annabelle's discovered uh, discovered guys at this point. Uh-oh. But she's, um, but I mean, you know, not like like, oh wow, he's yummy. You know, it's yeah. nothing. Nothing. No nothing one says too... that. Just as a heads up. Yeah, no one. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like we—I forget what the hell we were. We were watching, uh, we were watching Nightmare on Elm Street, and you know, uh, the Nancy's friend gets killed. Like it's like the first kill in the thing, and like she's, you know, she's in bed with her boyfriend, and and, and I was like, oh yeah, and I'm like, no, 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 stop, stop. You're not supposed to like that part. <laughs> and th- and then she's getting shredded by Freddy, and I'm like, see what happens when you're in the room and you're not supposed to be with another guy. <laughs> That went over like a fart in church, but you know. Well, you know. <laughs> this is what you get. <laughs> this is that. what you get. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like making the point. See what happens to you. Where do we? Where do we start watching the Friday the Thirteenth movies? Oh man, that it'll definitely be nailed home at that point. <laughs> <laughs> So, Nelson, thank you so, so much for joining us again on the Ninth Story Podcast. Um, where can our audience find more about you and your current work? Well, the best place, I'm, uh, I always give the website out, but I, I need to get better at updating it, <laughs> like a lot better, which is, and that's nelsonwpiles.com. But you can find out, uh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty active on Facebook and Instagram and getting better on Twitter. Uh, it's at nelson w piles for twitter uh nelson.piles on instagram and facebook.com backslash nelson.piles perfect and in case those of you who are listening would like to find those and don't have the memory for it you can always find it in our show notes because we'll have all of that there yay and i'll send i'll send you guys a uh, a link for the uh the documentary if you'd like to check yes, it out please. it actually is pretty cool awesome yes please yeah so thank you. Thank you so much, Nelson, for coming on our show. Um, it was awesome catching up with you and hearing about how Spiders and the Daffodils really started to blossom for you. Aww. And, I th- and, and, and you're, you know, you're partially responsible for that. So thank you for, for kicking it, uh, helping kick this together. I mean, I think it, it, it churned out one of the best things I've written so far. So Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be a demanding reader. <laughs> well, hey, you know, that's how you get what you want. If you, you don't know what you get, you need to know to ask what you want. Mm-hmm. So, this was great. Write more now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, boss. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Winning. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys both very much. This is it's always good to talk to you and uh this was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you once again Nelson W Piles for being part of our show. Speaking of being a part of our show, we really can't do this without you, the listener. 
If you enjoy our show, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes so that other people can find us. Thank you so much, Aaron Vleck, for leaving us a review. Aaron wrote, As a writer, I have really enjoyed hearing the perspective of other writers and their experiences. The similarities and differences of how writers all start out and the ages where they jump into it is not only fascinating, but important for writers to hear. Very educational! Exclamation <laughs> mark. Thank you so much, Aaron. Aaron gave us five stars. I love stars. That's great. <laughs> so thank you, Aaron, specifically, so much for listening, and thank you to all of you who are also listening for listening. <laughs> this has been the Ninth Story Podcast. I'm Immortal Alexander. And I'm Jeanette Andromeda. Stay creative, my friends. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hello. Welcome to Skype call testing service. After the beep, please record a message. Afterwards, your message will be played back to you. Water. Glass. Hellfire. All under the bridge now. We must press forward and beam up to a new future. Of test calling. Test calling. Water. Glass. Hellfire. All under the bridge now. We must press forward and beam up to a new future of test calling. Te <laughs> if you are able to hear your own voice, then you have configured what? Skype correctly. If you hear this message, but not your own voice, and something is wrong with your audio recording settings. Please check your microphone and microphone settings or visit skype.com for more help. Thank you for using the Skype call testing service. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.